You're listening to Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. This is a podcast for smart, driven, high-achieving women who are sick and tired of their food struggles holding them back from having a life that they really want. So if you're ready to stop the struggle with eating, fighting your body, and ultimately find your own food freedom, then you, my gorgeous, are so in the right place right now. If you love the conversations that we have here on Ditch the Diet Radio, then be sure to check out my website at rachelfoy.com for free workshops, gifts, and much, much more. So are you ready? Here's a brand new episode from Ditch the Diet Radio. Let's go. Right then, guys. Hi, and welcome back to another episode episode of Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. How are you all doing today? Um, So we are now in June. Um, It's glorious weather here in the United Kingdom for a change. So we've had a beautiful, beautiful day. Um, And actually what we're going to be having a chat about today is all about female empowerment and how we can start to make ourselves feel better in the bodies that we have. Um, And, you know, I truly believe for those of you that have been following me and certainly the podcast recently, No, I really do believe that we as women, we need to start standing together and actually supporting each other to be the very best and most confident versions of ourselves. You know, you're never ever going to change your body into anything through hating her, through punishing her, through, you know, kind of being really nasty to ourselves. So that little inner mean bitch that I know we all have, but sometimes we can be a little bit too nasty and then that goes against everything that we're trying to achieve. So female empowerment and creating a life that you love really is at the center of food freedom and ditching your diets Um, and certainly self-acceptance and working towards a life that you absolutely you know idolize this is something that our next guest is going to be able to talk to us a little bit more in a second Um, and I know from personal experience when I started doing what I finally wanted to do so getting rid of my boring corporate job throwing everything out of the window so to speak my relationship with food and my body it completely changed and now I understand the significance of why that is so important so for those of you that are new to ditch the diet radio The whole concept behind this radio show is to bring together some of the leading industry experts on women's empowerment, um, on body confidence, emotional eating, healing our relationship with food, um, interviewed by yours truly. So shall we move on? I'm so excited to talk to today's guest. Um, So let me introduce to you to this lovely, lovely lady on the other end of the phone right now. Now, this is a lady here. If you are familiar with Snapchat and you are on Instagram and you do kind of follow sort of, you know, female empowerment type um, type coaches, then you might be familiar with her anyway. So I'm going to give you a clue. She's the author of some amazing best-selling books, most of which I have read, I have to say. Um, One of them is called The Champagne Diet. Um, The latest one is Girl Code. Um, She's an inspirational author, a master life coach, empowering women through pretty words and everyday magic. Without further ado, I want to introduce to you, Cara, I will labor. Hello. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm very good. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. No, you're very welcome. Thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know that you're an incredibly busy lady, kind of following you on Instagram and Snapchat. You're always doing something. (laughs) (laughs) 
the worker in me. I know <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, Cara, for those of those listeners right now, because I'm, I'm, you know, I have followed you for quite some time, and, and like I said, you've written some amazing books, which I'm going to have a little chat with you about soon. Um, but for those listeners right now that don't really know much about you, um, could you sum your your story up very quickly? So, who are you? What what do you do? Sure. So um, I am a New Yorker. I'm a writer. Um, and I started with a blog about eight years ago. And the concept behind the blog was really a space for me to kind of chronicle my own transformation that I was going through at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 28 years old, was well, 26 years old. And I was kind of in a space where I felt like I was at my own personal rock bottom from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, relationship, career, everything was kind of just going haywire. Yeah. And I, I discovered <laughs> that a glass of champagne really changed my perspective on things. And I know it sounds crazy. I love this. Was- <laughs> Those are the best stories, right? When they start off with, I know it sounds crazy, but I know it sounds crazy. I, I was looking for something that I could enjoy, a cocktail drink that I could indulge in that wasn't going to really break the bank from a calorie perspective. Yeah. And a good coworker and friend of mine at MTV where I was working at the time suggested champagne. You know, she said it only had a hundred calories in a glass and it was this beautiful, you know, magical effervescent drink. So to make a long story short, I started incorporating champagne really as a part of my actual diet when I went out to happy hours or to brunches or dinners where I wanted to have a little something to drink. And I quickly noticed that everything in my life started to shift when I sort of began viewing champagne as this metaphor for really celebrating myself and Mm. celebrating my life and all the wonderful things in it. And it kind of inspired me to make some really, really big changes. And, you know, aside from losing weight and I, you know, it's not an actual champagne diet. It's not like I, you know, swapped (laughs) food for bubbly, but I just became a little bit more conscious about what I was eating, but not really from like a weight loss perspective. It was much more about learning to love myself as a woman and get ditch the dead weight really, which was, you know, the bad boyfriend, the crappy job. Yeah. Yeah. Move into a space where I could really learn to love myself and celebrate my life. That's that. I, I think I actually came across you, Cara, a good few years ago, and it was through the champagne diet. I came across it somehow on a blog, or someone mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds really, you know, interesting." Um, but like you said, the whole ethos behind the champagne diet—it wasn't about a diet as such, as in focusing on losing weight, because that's something that you know I talk about on my podcast quite a lot, as in you don't need to lose weight to be happy. But actually, for you, it was the it was the door really that opened up this whole this whole new life for you, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Which is um, which is obviously the whole point of being here. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And that that blog has now turned into four books, and yeah. going on my fifth, and um, you know, life coaching practice, and just so many opportunities, and really a chance to tap into my passion. No, oh, that's amazing. And actually, your uh, your background, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you did struggle with like emotional eating and binging and things, didn't you, for quite some oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I joined Weight Watchers for the first time when I was 11 years old. Yeah. You know, this was back in the nineties when they told us that we could have, you know, diet soda as a water. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, we were eating all those foods, those, you know, hundred calorie, you know, snacks and Twinkies and all the diet food under the sun. Yeah. And I struggled for a long time and I've been up and down on the scale and I've been fat, I've been thin, I've been everything in between. I've been, you know, everywhere. And I think I finally got to a point where I realized that the, you know, the emotional side of my body image was so deeply connected to my life and the things that were going on in my life. And it had nothing to do with counting calories or counting points. It had everything to do with 
really discovering what else was happening around me that was then inspiring the things that I was putting in my mouth and the fact that I was or wasn't working out or treating myself with love. Absolutely. And I think that's something that so many women, they completely over, like they don't see it, do they? It goes under the radar. They just focus on the food, focus on trying to lose the weight, where actually if they take a step back from all that and actually go, right, my job's pretty crap. My relationship is really shit. Um, I don't go out very much because I feel too conscious, like socially, they're the things that if you start to focus on, the weight and body image often starts to really change, doesn't it, as it did for you? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, so I'm certainly the, the backwards way to what most people seem to think it is doing, actually. Um, so the Champagne Diet was your, it was the first book that you wrote, wasn't it? Um, Sparkle was actually the oh, first Sparkle, book. Oh, Sparkle, right, okay. Yeah, the Champagne Diet came um, after Sparkle. It was Sparkle was really kind of, like, I call it the starter pack for what I do. Okay. <laughs> kind of, you know, talks about all the different things as a woman that we sort of go through. But the champagne diet is really the one that's focused on learning to love your body and yourself and your life and, you know, really changing your relationship with with your body and with food. Absolutely. So in terms of like the, obviously the line of the line of work that you do now, because I know you are very active on social media and you said yourself, you're an author and you're, you're writing another book. That's really exciting. <laughs> another one. <laughs> I don't know where you find the time. <laughs> <laughs> but with your uh, with your actual life coaching so do you just you just specifically work with women now don't you to help them find their their sparkle to actually reconnect with themselves and figure out what they're wanting yeah I work with women to really empower them to put themselves first as a woman you know as opposed to everything else I think that you know I work specifically with a lot of female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or a lot of aspiring female entrepreneurs who sort of get kind of roped into this world where they're defining themselves by their work and their success. And they're forgetting who they are as women. They're forgetting what they love to do. They're forgetting to be feminine. They're forgetting to feel beautiful in their skin and, you know, take themselves out and and treat themselves well and indulge. So I really try to help them sort of rediscover who they are as a woman first so that they can show up better in their business. Why? This might sound a stupid question, but why is that important? Like, why is it important for women to actually not forget their feminine side and to actually embrace that part of us, which for some of us, like you said, we do completely ignore? Well, I think that's where our power is. I mean, I know for me, it's something that I went through personally, and that's what really inspired my coaching practice when I was leaving. So I I sort of straddled two worlds for a while. I was working on the blog, and I was working at MTV, as I mentioned earlier, kind of Mm -hmm. briefly glossed over that. I was a uh, digital advertising director. I had a team of 20 people underneath me. I was working on my books. I was working on growing my brand. And that's the point that I decided to become a life coach. So I also was going to coaching school at night. So I was sort of doing all these different things. And when I was building my coaching practice, I was completely forgetting everything that I love to do as a woman. All of that went to the wayside. And I was so busy in the grind and hustling and working and, you know, trying to be a good wife and a good friend and a good daughter that I I really kind of let myself go. Yeah. So it kind of went against everything that I believed in. And I had to really become my own, you know, number one client and start to really reevaluate my life and figure out what was missing. And so much of what I learned and discovered, especially now that I've left MTV and I'm in my business full time, is that my passion and my creativity and my deepest talent lies in my femininity and who I am as a woman. And I think for most of us, I really think that that's true. I think there's, you know, so much of what we do, no matter what your business is, whether you're a coach or you make product we're creative by nature. Women are so creative and so talented. And 
it's easy to forget that when we're so focused on like the logical aspects of our business and systems and, and building all that. So I kind of, I think it's just really important to, to sort of look at the softer side and, and really embrace that. Definitely. So what kind of things do you do when you say that it's very important in your life? So just to give sort of a few suggestions that people might be listening, how mm-hmm. do you actually go about embracing that part of us that most of us do end up neglecting? Like, where would you start? Well, I think you, you know, there's starting on the inside and there's starting on the outside. You could really approach it from any angle. I know for me, one of the things I did, especially when I was struggling with my body image, so I think a lot of your listeners will relate to this, is that I had to really decide that I was going to love my body and love myself as a woman, no matter what what size dress I was wearing, what size jeans I was wearing. So I took myself, I set aside a budget and I took myself on a little shopping spree and I bought, I think, you know, we all know, Oh, I don't want to buy the pants in that size because I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. That was not working for me. That was working against me. And I wound up with like three items of clothing that I could wear (laughs) that I was hiding in, you know, and it felt like I was wearing a tent all the time and I felt unfeminine and unglamorous. So I really had to, you know, take myself shopping and buy myself some things. And I didn't spend a fortune, but I bought myself some really nice pieces for my wardrobe. I booked a massage. I got my highlights done. I, you know, I went blonder with my hair. I made sure I kept up with my manicure. So all of those things kind of on the exterior, which really were inspired by what was going on in the interior. I was trying to, to accept myself. And I, so I think that's one of the first things that I always kind of recommend women do pamper yourself, spoil yourself and make sure that you feel beautiful, you know? And I think another, another thing is also the home and making sure that your space feels good. You know, it's, it's dressing your body is much like dressing your home. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I work in my apartment, so I make sure that I have candles burning all the time. I make sure that I take a bubble bath some mornings or at night, if I don't have time in the morning, you know, I work with candles lit. I have a beautiful coffee cup with me. So I think create, kind of bringing beauty into your world is really important. And that's a really great way to sort of stay in touch with the feminine side. Oh, I love that. And actually, for, for anyone that's listening, by the way, on a side note, if you do follow um, Cara or if you don't, Snapchat and Instagram, she posts some beautiful pictures of your coffee mugs and you have crystals and you have things all around your apartment, don't you? Yeah, I, I just love it. <laughs> You know, it's different for everybody. Not everyone's going to be lit up by a bunch of flowers or beautiful bedding. But think about what is beautiful for you and surround yourself with that. I think that's a really interesting point because I know that a lot of the listeners here and certainly like the, the people that I that I coach myself like one-to-one, I think that concept of actually taking the time out to to invest in ourselves now, like you said, not in 10 pounds from now, not in two dress sizes from now. It's all about now being in the present now. Um, and I think if more people can actually focus on the here and now rather than waiting for things to happen, because that's when life just passes us by as well, doesn't it? It's so true. And really, at the end of the day, when we lose those 10 or 15 pounds, not a whole lot changes. You know, we're Absolutely. still... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, if we haven't done the work on the inside, we're still the same woman. We're just in a body that's a little bit smaller and maybe fits a different size jeans. Absolutely. I know um, I'm speaking to a lady actually quite recently, and I'm, I'm quite big on telling certain you know clients that they have to go and dress themselves and, like you say, beautify themselves, almost as if it's a special occasion. So I don't know about you, but so many women that I, that I know they will save their best clothes for a special occasion or they'll save their best jewelry for a special occasion, like a wedding or if they go out for a nice meal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the more that people can embrace that concept of every day is actually a special occasion because you are alive. Yeah, so true. (laughs) It's so true. Take it, making the most of it. Um, Okay, so that was, um, so that the idea, like you said, is to, to actually start to 
beautify yourself, your space. I love the idea of beautifying the space, actually. That's something that um, I'm guilty of not always doing, I'll be fair. Kind of, you know, just making do with the, the mess and the clutter. But yeah, making yeah. It, making the space a little bit more beautiful. Yeah, it's it's just so important. I think, you know, I even just um, this weekend, I went through all of my closets and I had these closets in my bedroom that were, they had sliding doors on them and things were just sort of getting stuffed in there. And I had my husband take the doors off the closets. So I would be forced to kind of look at them and yes. see what was in there. And I organized all of my clothes by color and mm-hmm. I threw out anything or donated anything that wasn't working for me anymore. Didn't make me feel absolutely beautiful. And when I woke up this morning, I looked at this, these two big closets with, you know, these clothes hung neatly and, and by color story. And they just looked so inviting and so beautiful. And it just made me feel so good. So that was such a little thing. I mean, it took me four hours, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was one thing in my home that I changed that I made pretty essentially. And it, it just, it changed everything. Do you, do you think that most women are capable, and this might, again, a silly question, but do you think that most women are capable of like tapping back into their femininity? Or do you think some women actually find that quite challenging, especially if they've neglected it for quite a long time? I think a lot of women find it challenging, but I think every woman is capable of it. I think as long as we're willing to open our minds and shift our mindset and our perspective, we're capable of anything. Mm. So you just have to decide that you want it and you have to decide that it might feel a little bit weird at first. You know, you may not feel great shopping and trying on clothes or you may feel weird getting a massage or getting your hair done if you don't feel amazing in your body. But you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. I always say that nothing fabulous happens in a comfort zone. Mm. And you need to challenge yourself to have those experiences because the reward is so much greater than you can imagine when you actually take those steps. Absolutely. And I'm I'm guessing that obviously you're talking from experience, but the more that you stepped into the feminine side of yourself, did that also help you feel more confident with your body, like from a body confidence point of view? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, feeling like just you know, this, the simple act of like putting on like a lip gloss or yes. a piece of jewelry or a bri- or carrying a handbag that I love makes me feel good. And to some people it may seem frivolous or small, but you know, I challenge you if you think that way, just to try it and see how it feels because it really does make a huge difference. It does. It's uh, I think, you know, like you said, some people listening to this might be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I don't understand how putting a lip gloss on is going to make me feel so much better. But when you are very consistent with it and you're making a conscious focused effort, that's when change really can start to happen. When you start to commit to, yes, like you said, wanting it, you have to want it. You have to put your, all your energy into that, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. And I think when we start to do those things, it really shows up in other areas of our life. So if we're taking the action step and taking the time to get our hair done or put on a lip gloss or put on a piece of jewelry, even if we're just, you know, going to the supermarket, Mm. you start to then maybe, you know, pay attention to what you're cooking for yourself and maybe make something a little healthier or, you know, put it on a beautiful dish and maybe have a smaller portion or show up at the gym or a workout class and, you know, and, and do that workout, it kind of, it's, it's sort of like having a work ethic, you know, when you work hard in one area of your life, chances are it's going to, you're going to work hard in other areas. So it's really about kind of showing up as that same woman in all different aspects. Absolutely. And I'm guessing as well, that someone that is innate, that's allowing herself to step into her feminine, like you said, irrelevant of weight and size and shape, that's obviously not, not an issue, but just being able to, like you said, dress herself, take care of herself, um, beautify herself. Do you think for a lot of women that when they get into that mindset, that also starts to allow them to be more powerful in the sense of their decisions and their choices and their desires and the things that they're able to ask for? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you feel good about yourself, then you are going to, to show up in every area and, and feel, you know, and have that carry over into your business. That's exactly why I always say woman first, boss second, because if, you know, if we are a strong woman and a strong, you know, we're, we're feeling good from the inside out, it's going to show. And it's, I think it's all about really taking the time for yourself and, you know, dedicating, you know, basically saying that you're worth it. You know, I'm worth you know, making my home look beautiful. I'm worth showing up and doing a great job in my business for my clients. I'm worth all of these things. It's those little tiny baby steps really do add up and kind of create this bigger picture. Absolutely. I know um, I kind of joke about this, but I seriously work better when I'm wearing red lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I believe it. (laughs) If I have red lipstick and red nails, I'm like, I'm unstoppable. It's like all this energy comes channeling through me and I'm like, getting all this stuff done. So true. So true. Well, it's for me, it's like I spend a lot of time. I take soul cycle classes, which I know you guys don't have one yet. No, we don't. It's a spin class and it's something that's, you know, bring it just brought me so much joy and and so much, you know, it's been so empowering for me. And I even really kind of carry that over into soul cycle. So when I show up for my class, I make sure that I feel really good in whatever I have on. And I have a little swipe of lip gloss on maybe. And my hair is cute, like in a little bun. And I just, I pay attention to the way that I feel Mm. because if I'm in some ratty old oversized crappy gym clothes, I'm not going to feel as beautiful when I'm looking at myself in the mirror on that bike doing those routines. You know, I want to feel good about myself. So it really does carry over, you know, into whatever thing that you're, you're doing at the moment. Absolutely. And I suppose as well, there's also, well, you could argue that there's an element of the like fake it until you make it like kind of pretending or feeling more beautiful until your mind catches up with your body and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I always say confidence is really just a decision. You just Mm -hmm. decide to be confident, you know, and it's, it takes a really long time, but you have to make that decision. I, one of the things that I did in my own personal life, and I always recommend women do, if you feel body conscious, look around at other women who are maybe curvier or have a body that you feel is similar to yours, who are confident, who are just rocking it and look at their confidence level and look at where that's coming from and try to channel that in your own life. Mm -hmm. You know, it really has nothing to do with our physical, you know, being everything is energy. And when somebody exudes an energy of confidence, people feel that. So it has nothing to do with the way that you actually look and everything to do with the way that you feel. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, you know, that's noticeable, isn't it? Like you said, the, the, well, the, the stereotype of some woman that might walk into the room and like everybody sort of stops to turn around. It's not always to do with her size and her shape and how thin she is. It's that energy that she just, yeah, it's like pouring out of her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think um, I think you touched on a really interesting point there, though. It's also about women being appreciative that they are worth their own time and investment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of the, the women that certainly that I speak to or that I well, I suppose I work with actually, they're they're mums or they are business owners and they're constantly giving, 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 and they're spreading themselves out really thin over like so many different areas that come the end of the day, they've got like nothing left to give. And then that's when food plays a huge role because they just turn to chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So maybe, uh, maybe that's a, a good tip for everybody listening right now. Go out, go buy yourself a nice lip gloss. <laughs> what's, it, what's your favorite color just out of curiosity, Kyra? I usually go for like pinks. Do you mean for, for makeup? Yeah, or just- yeah, for makeup and like lip glosses yeah. stuff. I have um, very light skin, so I feel like I look best in a pink. I love a heavy eye, so I love like a very Bridget Bardot kind of look. Yes. You know, a smokier eye and a nude kind of pink lip. And for clothes, I, I just love the color black. I can't help it. I wear black all the time. This is a classic color though, right? 
It is. And it really has nothing to do with being a slimming color. A lot of people assume, oh, you're wearing black, you know, makes you look thinner. It really doesn't. I think I just, I, I don't know. I've always admired women who wear all black. I think it looks so chic and just so sophisticated. I agree. It's a very timeless color, really, isn't it? Black yes. in, in all shapes and sizes. Um, I wanted to ask you actually about so, Soul Cycle because I've seen you on Instagram and you do you do it a lot. You're very into it. You're very active from that point of view. Um, what's your relationship like now with exercise? Because I know that you spoke about that before, about you are very active with Soul Cycle, but I'm guessing that you're coming from it now from a totally different mindset to what you were years ago when you hated your body. Oh, completely, 100%. So it's funny that you mentioned this. I actually just wrote a story for their blog on my whole kind of journey with Soul Cycle. I just submitted it this morning. Oh, cool. Um, and I was uh, exactly what I'm going to tell you is what I mentioned in the article. You know, I was always looking for a workout that I felt like could make me feel more confident in my own skin. I knew it wasn't about, I knew logically it was not going to be about the weight that I lost or whether or not I had defined muscle or abs or whatever it is that a lot of people seem to kind of look for, you know, in an exercise routine. I knew it had to go deeper than that. And being that I'm not a natural athlete, I've never been an athletic person. I used to lie to get out of gym class when I was young. Like the thought of running around the track, just, oh, I hated it. So you know, I thought about Soul Cycle, and I knew there was like the mind body connection, and that was you know it was around the time when I was you know coaching and really starting to kind of do this this you know the self self help work so mm. to speak. And I, I you know I thought about it, and I kept thinking to myself, well, I don't know. I was telling myself all the scary stories. What if I can't keep up? And what if I'm the fattest one in the room? And you know, even though I've done the work, it's still you know those thoughts can creep yeah, back yeah, in yeah. quickly. So I thought about everything, but I never really stopped to think to myself, well, what if this had the ability to change me and to change my life? So I, you know, I started to just shop around and take different instructors and different classes and I really wasn't feeling it. I was like, this is great and I love it. And it's, you know, beautiful studio and it's a whole luxury experience. And it was challenging, but I wasn't really getting the whole mental piece of it the way that I wanted to. And I started um, looking up transformation stories, and I found an instructor who had lost over 100 pounds through Soul Cycle, and you know made a whole other bunch of changes in his life. And I booked his class immediately. And I went in, and from that moment on, I was just completely hooked. Everything that he talks about in class goes so far beyond the physical. You know, it's it's all about really making that mental connection. And you know, through Soul Cycle, I think it's, you spend 45 minutes on a dark in a dark room on a bike that goes nowhere but helps your mind go everywhere, you know, being in the candlelight with the music. And it's just the perfect storm of just, you know, exactly what I think I need. And a lot of people need to kind of go inside of yourself and realize that you can do this. And there are classes where I feel, you know, like, you know, maybe I went out the night before and I just feel gross and I'm like tired and I don't feel my best. And there are classes when I walk in and I feel on top of the world, but whatever happens within that time frame, that 45 minute time frame, I always walk out feeling better. And I know it's because you really put your head in the work. And my instructor says something, you know, he's like, it's not about working out. It's about working in. Oh, and I love I think, that. Yeah. And I think you can really apply that to any exercise that you choose to do, whether it's soul cycle or it's running or it's even just walking, you know, if you work in and you think about all of the things, you know, that hold you back as a woman and you really, you know, you kind of use that time as almost like a moving meditation, you can really work through so many things that you never imagined you could before. Oh, that sounds really powerful. I've I'm, I've heard so much about Soul Cycle, and you're right. Unfortunately, we don't yet have it over here. I think it's um, coming. I think I, I've heard rumors. Oh, really? <laughs> is this is this like a top secret thing? Is it? And we just had an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I've heard the buzz. Don't. 
Don't mark my words, but it might be. <laughs> oh gosh! Well, if it does ever arrive on a, on our shore, so to speak, I would definitely be checking that one out because I've heard <laughs> so much stuff about it. It sounds really, really interesting. Um, I'm guessing as well for you, like the Soul Cycle, you're now coming from a place of like self care rather than self punishment. Oh, absolutely. You know, if I if I have a hard time in a workout, you know, I kind of tell myself, you know, you're here, you showed up. If if you're struggling and it's hard today, you know, don't beat yourself up over that. Just know that you showed up and that was enough and celebrate the fact that you showed up. And I think I look forward to it now. And it's, you know, yes, I've seen changes in my body for sure. My body has transformed. I've lost weight. I've gained muscle mass. I've just completely changed. But it's not even about that. That's just yeah. a byproduct that I'm a little excited over, but it's not the reason that I go. I think I've I've looked at it as really like my therapy, my time for me, you know, my time when my phone is not near me, there's no distraction. It's all about the music and about the words and it just it's become something I'm just passionate about. No, I think when you uh, I think I think exercise obviously from from your personal experience with like messed up relationship to food and body image. I know that a lot of women do use exercise for the wrong reason don't they it's it's for punishment it's because they hate themselves it's because they're trying to get thin um Mm -hmm. and I mean that's certainly something that I can relate to myself like years ago but I think when you've confined something that you are so excited about and that actually if you don't go you feel like you've missed out on something not from like a punishment point of view but yeah you kind of notice like your mind doesn't feel as calm or you don't feel as energized and that's when you've kind of found something that's really, yeah. really significant. And I tell women all the time, like, it doesn't have to be what you think it has to be. It doesn't yeah. have to be sitting on an elliptical, walking, whatever, on an elliptical trainer for 30 minutes a day. I see girls, you know, all the time posting yeah. pictures like, oh, I'm dreading this. I can't wait to get out of the gym. My favorite part of the gym is leaving the gym. Yeah. That shouldn't be how it feels. And that's how it felt for me for years. So I totally relate on that level. But try different things. You know, anything that you might have been interested in, again, get outside of your comfort zone. Take a yoga class. Take a dance class. You know, anything that just gets your body in motion. It doesn't have to be this crazy, rigorous workout. You can build up to that later. But just, you know, try anything that kind of gets you moving in a new way and explore it. No, definitely. You talk talk actually quite a lot about how things feel. Are you quite an intuitive person now? Like, are you very aware of what your body's telling you? Oh, completely. 100%. That's how I operate. No, that's good. And I'm guessing that that's not how it used to be before you were discovering your champagne diet. Oh, no. My life was really, really dictated by my anxiety for a long time. I suffered from general anxiety disorder. I went to therapy for it. I worked on it for a really, really long time. And until I learned, my therapist said something that was amazing to me, and it all clicked in that one day. It was probably maybe, gosh, I don't know, eight years ago. And he looked at me and he said, anxiety is just energy and you can channel that energy into something positive. It doesn't have to be negative. And I realized that in that moment, I was like, you know, my anxiety is serving me a purpose here. This is, this is what's driving me, but I need to kind of redirect it and steer it in a different direction and pour that positive energy into my work and my creativity and my passion and not into my fear. So but, you know, now I've started to really operate on a frequency of, you know, intuition, like you said, and energy. And, you know, it's taken me a long time. But, you know, I think if you commit to doing the work of really figuring out what feels good in your life, yeah. you can just unlock a whole other world that you didn't know existed. It's, it's really powerful stuff, isn't it? You know, I know the, the whole concept of certainly ditching the diets. And for a lot of women, that's a really scary idea of not having diets anymore. 
But at the same time, when you get rid of that perceived safety blanket and you start stepping into your power and your intuition and your body wisdom and actually all the stuff that your body is more than capable of telling you, that's like you said, when you can start to really just improve so many areas of your life that go way beyond food and way beyond weight. Yes, 100%. Well, it's interesting as well about the anxiety. I, I was a, an anxiety sufferer as well back in the day, like panic attacks, everything. Um, mm. And they, they all completely stopped when I changed my life path, which is not a coincidence. <laughs> well, I completely relate to that. I think so many women um, suffer from certain things and they've not yet made the connection as to what it's all about. Yeah, so true. Definitely. Um, so tell, um, tell us about kind of, well, not so much quickly, because I know you've got quite a lot, but the books that you've written, I recently read Girl Code. That was your last one, wasn't it? Yes, Girl Code was the last one. Um, what's, what's been your most enjoyable book to write, or are they all very, very different? You know, they were all really different because they all were written at different points in my life, even though they were only, you know, I wrote one per year, basically, so the past <laughs> years I've done four books. Yeah, but good. there was so much transformation that went on prior to writing each book, that they all kind of hold a special place for me. I think Girl Code was really exciting to write because I wrote that after leaving MTV. So I wrote that when I was, you know, fully in my business mm. and, you know, with such a different perspective on things and in, in almost such a calm kind of a way because the other three books I would write, you know, on my lunch hour or before work or after work. And, you know, I had the words and I just wanted to get them out there. But Girl Code, I was able to really just become so entrenched in the process and sit there at my little dining room table with my laptop where I had always dreamed of sitting, you know, when I was writing and when, you know, when I was in MTV and when I was dreaming of being a writer full time and I got to do it. So there was just a whole different, again, energy that went into that book. So Mm. that one is one, but I I have to say the one that I'm working on now, which is a little bit of a surprise and I want to say too much about it, but it's just been a complete departure from everything that I've done and it's just been so fun to do and so creative and magical and a great experience oh wow when when's this one likely to be ready have you got any dates in mind or any months in mind it's going to be released over the summer. I don't have the exact date yet, but definitely within the next few months. Oh, I'm excited. And if any of you guys listening to this have not read any of Kara's books, then I highly recommend that you pick at least one of them up because um, she's got a really lovely way of just writing it from like from the heart, really genuine, really straight to the point, no messing around, which sometimes is what we need, I think. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so just, um, I've got a few quick fire round questions kind of, well, in about five or 10 minutes, but I just wanted to ask you from a, I suppose from like a, an inspirational master life coach that you are, and you obviously you go out there and you're empowering women all the time where let's say that someone's listening to this right now and it's completely resonating with her in the sense of like the food and the eating, and she doesn't feel very happy with her life in certain areas where where would somebody actually start changing all that I know that's a very big question but sometimes when we feel so stuck and everything seems so wrong we sometimes can't really see what we need to do so where 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 would somebody actually start when they just feel really ooh, everything's just not where they want it to be right now so that's a great question I think one of the things that I recommend doing, this is something that I've done in my own life and I've done it many times. I've rewritten the story kind of of who I want to be many times. Start with writing down without judgment, without, you know, no one's going to read this, but you, this is truly just from your heart, no outside influence, write down the story of who you would want to be if 
nothing mattered. If there was, you know, no financial restraints, you know, if there was nothing else going on in your life that you felt held you back. So basically a limitless version of yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, create a really special space to do that. So maybe it's at night, you know, once your kids have gone to sleep or you're alone or, you know, you're off from work for the day, light a candle, pour a glass of wine, a cup of coffee or tea, and just sit down and write this kind of story and describe this woman that you want to be. I really think that we all have this inner muse that guides us. And this woman who's sort of within us that just is dying to come out, but we kind of tell her to shut up all the time and sort of like (laughs) push her down and tell her that she's being unrealistic and all these things. But there's a woman in there who you really are. And I think that we're, you know, we're honestly, we're the only ones that hold us back from reaching that potential. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really great way to begin. And then after you do that, you can sort of start to create like little tiny, teeny, teeny, mini moments, mini action steps, you know, each week where you can start to kind of bring that into a reality. So maybe your dream is so huge and so massive that it feels like it's, you know, so without, you know, not within your reach, but think about one thing that you can do that week to start to make that happen and, you know, build on it from there and kind of use that as your Bible. I think we don't spend enough time really writing down and sort of setting the intention on what we want our life to look like because we're so busy telling ourselves these things that we can't do. That's a really powerful idea, actually, because I think when you I've I've recently um well I've recently discovered recently really gotten into like journaling and just writing things down all the time mm-hmm. and it's such a powerful way of expressing how we feel isn't it because often we have all this stuff within us and we don't really give ourselves the time or the focus or the energy to actually express that somehow because we're just too busy with life. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of just writing down who you who you would like to be if there were no no like limits or restrictions. Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't mean it's, it's not meant to be an exercise that takes you too far outside of yourself. It's really meant to kind of help you tap in. So, you know, don't think about another woman that you want to be like, you know, you don't want to think about copying someone else's life or wishing you had someone else's life. It's really about kind of tapping into you and who you are. And, you know, even sometimes we have to think back to the things that we wanted when we were 17 years old, you know, or 12 years old, like that little girl within us. I don't know if you've seen the movie Joy. Have you yes, watched? Yes, yes. Oh, that, I mean, I was just in tears. Me if anyone too. Listening and hasn't seen it, like, watch that movie because yeah. when she just, you know, she found the little pieces of the stuff that she made when she was a little girl, like, I was just, I lost it. Like, I think we all kind of start out with these really big dreams and somewhere along the way, you know, life tells us we can't have that or, you know, something within us tells us that it's not possible. And if you really kind of think back to who you were before, you know, there's a quote in one of my books, I think it's in Girl Code, um, think about who you were before the world told you who you should be. Um, And that's so powerful, you know, and and really think about it. And I think when you, another thing you could do also, if you're not really a writer or you're a little scared of the journaling, make a vision board mm. and, you know, go through old magazines and cut out pictures and words and things that resonate with you and create a visual component to that and, and look at it every single day put it in a frame in your home or keep it in, you know, your office, keep it in front of you. I don't know if you're a vision board girl, Rachel. Oh, I have one of those as well, right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> I figured, but I mean, do you agree that it's such a powerful thing? Yeah, I, to be honest, I really like vision boards and that's why I've only recently gotten into journaling because I am quite a visual person. Um, but I'm, I'm really benefiting from the, the writing side now of also having my vision board. But yeah, I think the vision boards, it's, again, it sounds a really simple idea, doesn't it? But to actually have those visual things there in front of you 
that you subliminally and subconsciously keep seeing every once in a while. It just sort of, I don't know, it kind of fuels your, I, I often say it's like an internal compass. It kind of guides you to the things that you need to be focusing on or noticing or taking action towards. Exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of women that I talk to are afraid to do these things because they're, they feel like they're not going to be good at it. Every single woman is talented and creative. I believe this to be true. I've seen women who tell me I'm not artistic, I'm not creative, and they just come up with the most gorgeous creations. And I think if you sort of take the pressure off yourself, do it alone. You don't have to show it to anyone. Mm -hmm. And do it without judgment and without expectation. And I think you'll come up with something really beautiful. Definitely. So there you go. There's a great piece of advice there, guys. Listening, go and get, go and get yourself um, a vision board. Get some magazines. Start being creative and just start designing the um, yeah the vision of who you would like to be or what your life would certainly like to look like if you had choice. I think um, I think certainly from um, some some of the interviews and some of the things that we talk about on Ditch the Diet Radio, I think so many women are going to benefit from that that message because most of the time when it comes to like food issues and body and weight issues it's nothing to do with food weight or body at all they're just symptoms aren't they Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you're able to start stepping back from all that and actually just starting to focus on the important things which is about living a life that completely fulfills you where you're satisfying all your desires and your dreams and your wishes food just becomes food I don't know whether you've noticed that as well Cara Oh, absolutely. And you know, someone once said something, I was at a conference and there was a woman speaking and she said something so powerful. She was talking about dieting and, you know, she was in her forties and she had kind of gained some weight and she just didn't feel like herself. And she was a gorgeous woman and dressed impeccably and just so confident and powerful. And I couldn't understand why she had felt anything, any struggle, just like most people probably can't understand why we've felt struggle. You know, it's, it all kind of, we never really see it in another person the way we see it in ourselves. But anyway, she said something and she said, what if we just said, screw the struggle. There's no more struggle. And when she said that, I like, I don't, it was so just huge for me to hear that because I think when you, when you live in this world of this constant obsession with diet and body image, it's a struggle every single day. Every meal is a struggle. Every decision of what you're going to order in a restaurant is a struggle. Every day you get dressed is a struggle. And if you just said to yourself, I'm just going to let this go, I'm not going to make this my struggle anymore. Mm. You know, I think that's really powerful and it just frees up so much space on your mental hard drive to focus on other things in your life. Absolutely. Like when you're spending every single minute of every single day obsessing about food and eating and calories and weight and weight loss and exercise, you actually have no time to, well, to live a life, let alone create a life because you've got no energy left. Right. And then when you actually do realize that you you pay attention to other things and you do start creating your life, food just feels easy. It's okay. I'll eat this. I'm hungry or I'm not hungry. And it just, everything changes. And it just, it's really about, I think, freeing up that space and just shifting that focus. Absolutely. Did you find your relationship to food and your body was actually easier to heal than what you thought it was going to be when you discovered all this stuff that you now actively do? It was. And I'll tell you one thing, it changed so much when I left, when I changed my career path and when I left MTV and I went into my business full time, which is what I wanted to do for so many years. And it took a long time. And of course, it's not one of those decisions that you can do when you snap your fingers. But when it finally happened, so much changed for me. And I was able to just feel better about myself and just get more natural movement in the day and cook my meals. And I mean, it just, it, it just changed everything. Absolutely. It's, it's funny you say that, actually. I think I've said this before in one of the, um, one of my other podcast shows, but pretty similar for me, actually. And, and quite a lot of women as well, I'm guessing can resonate with this, but 
for me, I had like over a decade's worth of food obsession and weight obsession and dieting and all that kind of well, crap, to be honest. But then as soon as I'd made the decision that actually the job I was in and my career that I'd always wanted wasn't actually what I really wanted to do deep down inside, and I completely changed paths, it's almost like my relationship to food and my body actually healed itself without me even putting any attention on it anymore. It just kind yep. of dissolved into the background because life had just improved so much more in so many areas. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's like to spend so much energy on a certain issue for it mm-hmm. to then just almost dissolve all by, all by itself. Yeah, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. really amazing what can happen when we, when we just take control of our lives. Absolutely. So there you go. Take control of your life. Very powerful statement to almost end on there. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's... Uh, let's um, I've got some quick fire round questions for you, Cara. Okay. Uh, this is a new feature. So you are my very first guest on Ditch the Diet Radio for these like quick fire round questions just to have a little bit of fun before we finish. Are you ready? Excited, yes. Okay, so first one is, what's your favorite food or type of food? <sighs> oh, bread and cheese. <laughs> oh, nice. If you set me up with a cheese platter and some bread and a glass of wine, I would be happy forever. <laughs> You're a happy lady. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, next one. If you could have a superhero superpower, what would it be and why? So I don't know if this is a superpower, but I would love to never have to sleep. <laughs> never oh, really? get tired. Never get tired. That's a good one. <laughs> never get tired. I feel like there's so much I want to do in a day. So just being able to have endurance to get through the entire day and never sleep would be amazing. That's a really good one, actually. I know what you mean. Some days you get to sort of like bedtime and you're like, oh, just another hour. I need to stay up just another hour. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. What's the last gift that you ever received? Um, the last gift I received were flowers for my birthday. Oh, when was your birthday? It was April 23rd. Oh, okay. Happy yeah. belated birthday. Three months Thank later. You. There you go. <laughs> okay. What's your, uh, what's your favorite place to travel to in the world? Oh, Tokyo, without a doubt. Oh, why do you like Tokyo? It is life changing. I, I, it's just, it blew my mind. It was never somewhere that I wanted to go. My brother convinced me to go and I went, um, and I, everything changed for me and I came back and quit my job like two weeks later. It oh, just, wow. okay. Tra- life transforming. If anyone ever on this call on this show has a chance to go, if you're listening, go to Tokyo. It's, um, Tokyo bizarrely is on my vision board right in front of me. I've always, uh, always wanted to go over to that part of the world, but as yet, um, not managed. Well, certainly not for Tokyo anyway. Um, okay. Next question. Now I think I might know the answer to this already, but I'm going to ask you anyway, tea, coffee, or champagne? <laughs> well, I do uh, champagne, obviously love champagne, but I do love my coffee. So can I pick two? Yeah, go on. I'll let you have two. That's okay. You can have two. I'll have coffee until noon and then we can switch to champagne. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should put a time restraint on that. That's a good idea. <laughs> champagne for breakfast, maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have you got, um, have you got a favorite quote or a mantra? Yes, it is. What's for you will not pass you. I love that one. I love that. I live by that. Do you quite like mantras and like those kind of things, like quotes and affirmations? Oh, I love them. I love them. I write them. I read them. I post them all over my apartment. They're on my vision board. I'm a word girl. Obviously, I'm a writer. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that there's, 
you know, books are amazing and long form books, but there's so much power sometimes in just a really concise statement. I think, you know, words can just move you if they're kind of strung together the right way. So I'm a total mantra junkie. Oh, I love, do you know what? I love mantras. I've got, um, I'll let you in on a little, not secret, but my screensaver on my computer at the moment is she believed she could, so she did. Oh, I love that one too. Oh, so many. We could probably talk about mantras all day long. Yes, that's Se- another, another that's show. That, exactly. That, that's a separate show. We'll do that another day. Okay, and the final question before we finish is, what's your ultimate act of self-care? If you could choose anything, what would it be? So the way that I feel about self-care, this is a big secret to it, at least for me in my life. To me, the ultimate act of self-care is making a promise to yourself and keeping it. Mm. So if you say you're going to go to the gym or work out, go and show up and do it. If you say you're going to write a book, do it, you know, take, make good on those promises. And I think that's what really builds an idea of self-worth and self-love. That's a really powerful way of looking at that. I've never thought about it that way before. Yeah. I, 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 that kind of clicked for me sometime last year, right around my soul cycling experience when I first started really getting into it and I was doing a challenge and it was riding 20 times in 30 days. They call it turn it up 20. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had to really make those promises to myself and keep them. I only had a set amount of time to ride and I couldn't say no because I was tired or because it was raining or because I had a little too much wine the night before. I had to stick to those promises and I came out of that experience feeling like a completely different person. So much love for myself and respect for myself. It was just a game changer. Oh, I love that. So yeah, so your ultimate self-care act is just literally promising to do what you've promised yourself as in actually doing it going through with it exactly oh love it love it love it right before we finish Clara because we've actually come to the end of the show already that's gone really really quick um for anybody who's interested in your work your books your blog everything that you're doing where can we find more information about you my lovely um so everything is at the champagnediet.com champagnediet.com I'll be putting some details below this podcast guys by the way for those of you that are interested in checking out Cara Um, and if you are obsessed with Instagram as I am then please follow her because she put some amazing things over there you're on there quite often I do I do remember remember yes I love it (laughs) I actually have to stop myself sometimes I'm like okay don't flood the feed (laughs) (laughs) exactly so I've become a bit obsessive oh dear me anyway thank you so much for taking time out Cara we've come to the end of the show um I'm hoping that yeah I've not uh, disrupted your busy schedule too much this was great thank you so much for having me it was so great to talk to you no you're very welcome and I'm sure that you and I will be catching up again at some point we can do a show on mantras favorite quotes and mantras that's a good idea yes love it <laughs> cool stuff okay have an awesome day and um, say hello to new york city for us all and uh, yeah we'll catch up with you another time okay sounds good thank you so much see you later bye-bye Bye. thanks for listening to ditch the diet radio everyone with your host rachel foy that's me if you've got ever any questions then you can email me at info at rachelfoy.com be sure to check out the website rachelfoy.com for your free gifts and other bits and pieces and if you would like to leave a review or subscribe to the podcast then please do so i am trying my absolute best right now to get the most amazing incredible and inspirational people on the podcast show and if there's anyone that you would really like me to interview then drop me a message and i will see what i can do Have an awesome day and remember that you can have a life where food doesn't control you. I can't wait to show you how. Bye.